call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have as our guest today, Marianne Burke, who is the author of Student Engaged Assessment. She's also co-founder of the General Parenting Blog and author editor of 11 books. She writes regularly on student-centered assessment. Are you there, Marianne? Yes, good morning. I'm really honored to be a guest on your show today. Likewise. And I'm, I'm glad you're saying those nice things. Thank uh, you. I, I looked at a lot of the, uh, I guess, previously um, listed uh, questions that might work in a general kind of, of uh, situation. I'm, I, I happen to be <laughs> a former school board member, so I'm, I know a little bit about the, the process or the processes and so I made my own list, if you don't mind. And I'm sure you'll have the perfect answer. I think that's a great answer. idea. Okay. That sounds great. great. Yes, it sounds excellent. Um, in, in looking at these things that you've, that you've focused on, uh, over the years, there were um, all types of, you must, you must be a very analytical person. Am I right? Actually, I'm probably highly creative in applying new ideas in a different way because I was a very successful grant writer before I focused on really learning what worked with children success. So mm -hmm. I really just kind of look at things in a different way and apply old, tried applications and strategies in new ways to get new results. I see, but you had to figure that out first before you could create it. That's right. That is correct. <laughs> it's been very interesting. <laughs> it's been quite a journey. Oh, I, I would imagine. I would imagine. And, and the journey you thought you were on uh, began to change almost a year ago. It um, definitely did, yes. And it's affecting you know, everyone, everybody. Uh, we, we think it's going to go away, but it's not. So... I wrote down here, it's almost been one year for the COVID-19, and what's been the biggest surprise that you've received in having to deal with, with this, Marianne? My background in working in education was always untraditional. I started initially as a parent volunteer and worked in the classroom and worked with students that were traditionally not successful academically and started really observing what was working for them and what wasn't working for them. And so I became a teacher and I worked with parents and children in classrooms for many years and eventually returned to acquire my doctorate degree. And I did my work down in Los Angeles, California in some of the most challenged communities working with parents and their students and how to fully engage kids in their learning. And what I observed was 
amazing miracles every day of when the parents really nurtured their child and the teacher was very open to being a coach and helping the parents and the children achieve academic success. And so all of those strategies ended up becoming a best practice in Title I federal funding. It became a best practice in the state of California. It became a best practice in many different applications. But we still didn't have the book out about it. And I needed to find a theorist who was an expert on assessment to partner with me to help me explain theoretically why this process was working. And so when we got over to the COVID piece, it was just another huge challenge of something that already happened. So we took these application ideas of what is the learning intention? What is the teacher trying to achieve? How is the teacher going to allow the child to show their learning, which is what we call modality of learning or the way they're going to demonstrate they know something? And then after the, that, how will the child explain what they've done so that they can show they've learned that material? And then what is their reflection? How are they going to not only validate that they learn the materials in their re reflection, but how are they going to apply it in other learning situations as well as every day in their life. And that is getting them to the point of resiliency and being able to feel confident that the way they learn will be applied in new ways. And then finally, they are able to own it and collect all the data and really show what they're doing. So when we got to distance learning, yes, the biggest change was we all had to take our best practices, and I'm also a sub-teacher, and I have a Google Classroom where I work with students, and I had to learn all the software applications of how to work with the kids. I'm still learning all those applications. It's an enormous <laughs> amount of work. And I'm not a kid, so this is not natural no. for me. And so that is my greatest challenge right now is the technology. But I did pass a PD on it, a professional development course, and so I have a classroom, and I can definitely help the kids. And it's very, very exciting to see the software applications we're using and how we're getting them into thinking new ways. And we're seeing enormous success in the programs that I'm working on. Well, that certainly is good news. I know that there were probably a few surprises along the way. Um, anything that jumped out uh, in that department? Yes, I think the greatest surprise is if there is a disconnect in what the curriculum is and what is being tested, the assessment piece, it's really probably more extreme when we do distance learning because we're not able to sit there and modify as easily. We have to look at, oh, this mm -hmm. is what we tested the students on and this is what we actually taught the students on. So any kinds of the disconnects that have been occurring over the years I think are far more visible now. I am working in the language arts area. That's my area of expertise. So I'm fortunate that the reading materials that we're offering the students really align with the testing materials and that I'm able to tap into the students' strengths and learn what they are. And they're quite extraordinary because some of these kids are hands-on learners. So we have to figure out kinesthetically or hands-on acting out how they're going to be able to embrace the learning and then apply it. And then we're learning how to actually coach them to be more adaptable in computing in completing computer-based assessment. So it's a whole new area, I think, that is becoming far more 
intensive as we work through these challenges mm-hmm. with the kids. Oh, I think so. I think so. You know, it, it, the schools being open, being closed, that, that could just to an extent can become or has been uh, political. Um, and what does that kind of situation or those effect does that have on someone like you? It is a very challenging situation. Right now, I work in California, so we pretty much know nationally California schools pretty much have been closed unless they're a smaller school. The biggest challenge in opening a large school district full of schools is having sufficient resources to be able to have sanitation stations and spread the kids out and and do all these wonderful things. And some of the public schools are starting to successfully open their doors, even when COVID is horrendously overwhelming the state right now. But we are opening the schools to small groups of kids. And the state is working very closely with the school district to assure that the kids are safe. And they're not finding that there are outbreaks when they take a lot of precautions. And I work very closely with one superintendent of a cluster of schools in LA, a smaller cluster. And she has been very, very successful in keeping her schools open for students with special needs. And we're gonna see more of that. So the rest of the children, our number one priority every day is social emotional. And we're actually going to be doing a lot of training on that and having teachers check in first to see where what is happening in that child's life where are they today as far as their ability to learn and we do a lot of videotapes and discussions and written applications or reflections on what how am i going to overcome the challenges of today and there are many many challenges and some of the kids live in homes with lots of siblings where it gets really noisy and we have to help the parents along with the student find a quiet place There's so many Mm -hmm. challenges we have to work with with each child. And one of the things we do is we do a lot of one-on-ones. So we have small groups and one-on-ones in addition to our group, you know, lessons. So the kids have a chance to be able to talk to us and debrief with us and tell us what's really going on in their life. Well, I have four grandchildren that are in uh, school um, and it's oftentimes my my children will tell me the difficulty they have in trying to get their you know their child to be serious about it to to actually you know not become bored to 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 stay with it stay with the program so they're i'm hearing feedback from that level and i'm not surprised i'd probably have been the one of the same if i were that age it is a very huge challenge. So one of the things we are helping parents do is we advocate that they set up this master schedule and get really organized to accommodate particularly what we call the distance learning or the hybrid learning, the days they're on the computer. So have a checklist, make sure they're ready to learn, just like when parents dropped them off at school. When we first started with the kids, they were coming in with their blankies wrapped around them you know, in their pajamas. And then when it was break time, they were finally getting their breakfast. And that just doesn't work. That's not the way we send them to school every day. So we need to really reinforce that. And the parents have been amazing. They are true warriors in trying to work with the kids. We also suggest that they get timers. So one of the challenges to reinforce the breaks and that type of thing, but one of the challenges is most families have many kids on 
line at the same time. So how is that going to look in the house? And we try to work with the parents to organize the kids so they are successful. And we suggest that they have sort of a an area where they all can be and then they have headsets. And we work to make sure the kids have the equipment they need to be successful. But we also advocate that the kids go into a quiet zone when they have to really concentrate or take an exam. So we work very closely with the parents on that. We also advocate that they get a balanced life, that they make sure to get outside and play every day and that parents don't have a lot of screen time outside of school because then they get really, really bored. And then finally, we also encourage them to communicate with us regularly when the kids are having a hard time and to create a really healthy way to check in with their children every day so they know how their children are feeling. We really, really focus on the social, emotional and Parents feeling confident and supervising somewhat as they're trying to work also. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I, I get plenty of feedback. and uh, But then again, you know, I'm, I'm glad to get that. I, I do look at, at virtual training. And is, is today's virtual training going to be different two years from now? Is it going to change again? Is it going to, is it going to morph into something else? I really believe it is. Many, many software programmers are working in partnership with schools. I'm working in the Google environment with Google Classroom, and I know Google has been working very closely with school districts to help them develop new applications. So really exciting things have already happened within our Google Classroom environment. And then I also work in the Zoom environment. I work in the Face FaceTime chat environment as well as FaceTime. So I work in a lot of different environments, <laughs> different applications. It is a lot. That's a lot. Um, and it is. It can be overwhelming. But with the school district, I'm working in Google Classroom, and then I have other things I'm doing that I have to use other applications. And I'm, I'm really clear that the applications, programmers, the software developers, they're all looking to improve their product. And we are finding products that are really great. Oh, my goodness, there's so many really interesting things out there. And there's so many really awful things out there. And so I've been looking at a lot of games and a lot of YouTube videos, and some of them are fabulous. So I think what's going to happen is it's the Wild West right now when we look at software programs and software applications and software platforms. And I think we're going to have a much better product and something much more cohesive two years from now. So I guess I'm super optimistic. Like I say, I was originally a grant writer, and grant writers have to be very visionary, and they have to look ahead of the eight ball. And I think real opportunities exist right now to make something even more integrated and more comprehensive and to really consider the way a person needs to learn and to address all the modalities of learning and not just one way to learn of, you know, passive reading or passive auditory, but and really think about not always a zam boom bang, but what is really coming out of it. Be more reflective in the teaching with the software applications. Well, I would think that the um, the outcome is going to be tr tremendous opportunity for what we didn't have now, what we have, and, and are having what we have. Uh, it's uh, it's to me it's 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 marvelous. 
people like you that are doing what you do. It's um, it's something that uh, you know. I'm sure everyone that knows you admires you for this, uh, because you should be admired. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a challenge that you probably thought you were never going to get, or maybe you were preparing all along. I, I don't know which one. That's a great question. I'm feeling overwhelmed with your wonderful compliments, and thank you. They're very very kind. I think. I did not realize that this opportunity was going to present itself. This book has been in the making for 30 years. I actually was approached by a publisher 20 years ago to write this book, and I didn't have the knowledge or the bandwidth of examples in the book that I have today, because now it literally has hundreds of examples and applications. And then to, to get the very gifted Laura Greenstein working with me to create a formula of success was it was like going back and getting another doctorate degree. It was just amazing. And hers is all research-based. And, you know, it's just exciting. So to see this morph into what it has become, and then when it got to the distance learning piece, I thought, oh, my gosh, we need to take this book and show how it really works when teachers have their hands tied and they're warriors. They're so They're struggling. They're so passionate trying to embrace their children which they're used to being very hands-on over the airwaves and getting those kids excited and the really great teachers are the mr rogers neighborhood types of teachers the passionate teachers i mean they know we're there for them and i cannot believe how kind the kids are how responsive they are they're talking us through our challenges I mean, we all have these crashing moments where the Internet just goes down and we have to get back on and we have to save each other. And these kids are learning with us and they're going, it's OK. The teacher will be back in a second. <laughs> it's great. They're fabulous. <laughs> that's that's terrific. That's fan- not not just terrific. It's fantastic. Uh, maybe they're getting with it and they're going to they'll carry this experience you know, until they're in, in the old folks home. Uh, that's a long I time. Agree. Yes, it's a long time. What we're finding is that the all of those things we've been trying to teach our children, kindness, giving back to the world, having compassion, having integrity like your show. I'm I'm so excited about speaking on a show with integrity, focus. The kids are applying it because they are so desperately trying to survive and to get through school. They are so excited when they get to go to school, even if it's online. And it's like all those things parents instill in their children are playing themselves out on the screens. And the parents are amazing. Oh, my goodness. They're trying to do their job. They're trying to take care of younger children and older children. And and they even help us out. It's It's really a miracle what I'm seeing. And I'm just so honored that a school district is working with me to allow me to support all of these activities. Well, I'm sure the, uh, the district and what you're doing is going to become a, a very uh, uh, sought-after example of how, the, how you make it work. And then the others can have confidence in, in doing the same thing, because if, if you can make it work, uh, as much as what you've done, then they ought to be able to do some of that as well. I really agree. We're actually working on a 
10 slide presentation to share with the schools and the teachers. And we're really at the crossroad. I've developed 12 teaching modules now, and we're applying these concepts in all of these little language arts activities that embed all, all these different strategies. And so the next thing is teaching the teachers how to work with the book. And so we're going to hold it to 10 slides, three application worksheets. My colleague, Danielle Gentry, is working very closely with me. She'll be an instrumental part. Yvette Kingberg, who works with a cluster of charter schools in Los Angeles School District, has been doing this work with me for 20-something years in middle and high. So she will be doing a separate training with me. And all, we're going to be piling all this stuff in the next few weeks. So it's really coming to the point where we're ready to go out and, <laughs> and give it back to everybody on a national level. And we're offering this basically for free at this point, just so we can get the word out and let other people try it. We want to really apply it and see what's working for others and find out where the holes are that we need to shore up and help people on. Well, this is great, great news. From my viewpoint and looking at what you're doing, you've, you've got continuous launches that are coming up. Uh, and not not just one, because there are going to be a lot of them. Um, but those launches is what gets absorbed, even by those uh, at your level, that they need to know about it and others, so that we're all working on the same project, knowing what we each are doing. That's exactly true. We're just very fortunate that we have so many people supporting us. We built a website four and a half years ago with a very talented group of educators that are a very diverse team to start writing about student success and parenting and everyday types of challenges. And we have a lot of educators and administrators that actually follow our work. And this website can be translated in any language that's in Google Translate so people can read it. Unfortunately, I'm not able to have everything printed, but people can take pictures of it and then use it as handouts. But we actually have it all set up as handouts also. So we are sharing all of this work in easy-to-read blogs on a regular basis, which is very exciting. And we also write a lot about parents with special needs. We just brought on a blogger who was over a special ed department for a university, and she's just amazing. So we, we're really fortunate that we have a diverse team of highly skilled educators looking at all this stuff and writing regularly on it every week. Well, um, I'm sure there's always something to be done. Um, you know, it's not, and if it was me, I'd have a long list. because <laughs> I believe in lists because eventually you're going to tackle them one by one. Um, and hopefully you find the ones that, that help uh, the foundation and the other uh, ones that need to be dealt with. It's um, it, 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 as I looked at some of the terms that that were used in in, the, in your materials. Uh, one was the empowerment sequence. You know, to what extent has that been modified, or has it at all? You know, when we talk about empowerment sequence, it. In my opinion, it hasn't been modified. What I'm finding as I'm actually applying this theory 
in the classroom now with a lot more formalized training, working with Dr. Laura Greenstein, I'm finding empowerment really, the gold nugget is really what is the type of learning that the child learns best with. For me, it's my modality of learning is writing. And that's why I write so much. And then if I am flowing in that modality or that style of learning, I then have the confidence to utilize my analytical skills, to utilize my kinesthetic skills. My auditory is the weakest. And so then I might write a lot of notes when I'm listening, but then I have more confidence. So once we really cue in to that one, and then we start transferring it into all the others, the kids are learning in all of the different ways. And they are able to look at, this is what works for me. This is how I'm going to use this skill in math. And this is how I'm going to use this skill in science and in social studies. And then this is how I'm going to use this skill when I have a challenging situation in the home and I need to figure out how am I going to multiply this recipe six times? How am I going to balance a checkbook? And we teach parents all these different wonderful strategies of how they can reinforce this type of application in everyday life. And we just had a blog on holiday activities a couple weeks ago of all the different things parents could do with their kids over the holiday break. And it was pretty fun because a lot of the parents tried it and they're going, oh, my gosh, I, we don't have any free time. We have more ideas here than what we can even do. <laughs> well, Mary Ann, you are certainly an educator who is truly walking the walk. There's no doubt about that. Um, and if you would, please inform my audience of how they can contact you uh, or, or look at your, your other books, wherever they are. Just let them know how to find you. Well, I'm just really excited to share these ideas with the public and with other educators. Our website is located at www.genparenting.com, and that is for generational parenting. It's spelled G-E-N-P-A-R-E-N-T-I-N-G. And when they click on the website, if they scroll down, there is a place where they can write to us. And our email, and I get all of them, is hello, H-E-L-L-O, at genparenting.com. Great. Thank you again, uh, Marianne, for being on, on my show today. Well, John, thank you so much for having me there. And the best new year yet of integrated learning and empowerment for all of our kids. That's, and we have a lot of hope in place. Um, we do. I want to, I want to thank my listeners for tuning in today. Uh, today's version of searching for integrity. Uh, so long and happy trails to all.